The Bulls are back, ladies and gentlemen. Jobs, December jobs are up big. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 700 points today. Today being Friday, December 8th, 2023. Welcome, everyone, to BHS Live. I'm your trainer, Did you Todd say December? Oh, my goodness, did I ever say December? <laughs> it's January. January. What am I thinking? Well, the December jobs report is what we're talking about. Well, I'm Todd Schoenberger. I got Tobin Smith there giving me the, the full calendar right now. And he's out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. And Toby, we were up so big today. All I could say is that the Fed, Jerome Powell, could take a long extended vacation. The FOMC is done. The world is great. What can we say? Is this bull market going to stick or was this just a knee-jerk reaction? Uh, I would go with B, sir. And, and the reason would simply be, we have a list of like the 100 most shorted stocks. And my favorite is Oatly. It's, I'm not, I have nothing against uh, Jenna, whatever her name is. But their stuff tastes like liquid alfalfa. And um, <laughs> it was up 42% today. Every one of the most shorted <laughs> stocks, which just si- simply tells you that this is odd. This is what happens in bear markets. There is an automated system that in this case, it wasn't about the jobs. It was about the fact that the service wage decline or in other words, the smaller rate of change or the rate of change only by, you know, a very small amount, but it was set. As soon as, you know, big algos at the trillion dollars of algo uh, trading houses, as soon as they pop 100 points or 150 points, then the other momentum guys, they hit in, you know, they're looking for a free ride and then, you know, it feeds on itself. Then short covering, you know, for the audience who doesn't understand, if I short a company like being short Tesla, although I got out way too early, I might add. But when you short it, you basically borrow the stock from your broker, in this case, prime brokers for the hedge funds. You borrow it. And your idea is, is that you're going to hold it and and hope that you can uh, trade it back to your broker or sell it back to your broker, I should say, at a much lower price. And that's how you make a profit. So in a bear market like we're in now, an investor, you have to look at, first off, what went up today? And it was, as I say, the top 100 most short stocks. B, why did it go up? Because if you're a short seller, the way you take a profit is to buy the stock back at a lower price. You borrow this, you buy that, you you get to keep the difference, right? So this is profit-taking day for short sellers. It's not a profit-taking day in the sense of where we are in the in, in the bear market, where we are in the in the Fed rate, so on and so forth. And man, I can tell you, you know, I know this is podcast, so you can't see my gray hair. In 2002, <laughs> our hedge fund, we were freaking smoking it. We were kicking ass. And then we got into these eBay, Amazon, you know, Yahoo shorts yeah. and crying out loud. Man, you know, we could be up like 50 or 60 percent of the position short, and then a big, you know, massive rally, and boom, all of a sudden we're back to even, right? So yeah. that's what happens in bear markets. I'm not trying to discount some of the economic information. And, I, and there was a very good article from uh, my old friend Alan Blinder, who was uh, Federal Reserve Vice Chairman back in the 90s and 2000s, I should say. But there's some, you know, there's some glimmers, but don't ever take a 700 point day in the Dow Jones with no other news. It's short cover. And remember, if you draw a line from the top to the left down to the right on the S, uh, you know, the S&P 500 chart, that line is the trend line. Up until 4,100 on the S&P, we're still in a bear market. And if they even got to over 400, it's got to hold 4,100 and bounce off that. That's what tells you technically that, you know, the, the sentiment has changed and, you know, the market has changed. And we're not close to that. Yeah. So, hey, man, if you were long, we had some long uh, spy call options in case something, you know, went crazy today. 
today we made stupid money, like 2,000% because they were, you know, closing out nice. today. Nice. Very but, nice. But that's a trade. I mean, that's literally a eight-hour yeah. trade that we put on last night. Because, you know, who the F knows, Todd? Yeah. You know, yeah. good news could have been bad news. Bad news could have been good news. I... I, 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 I you got to recalibrate like every week. What is bad news? What's good news for the market? <laughs> it's making it's yeah. making my head spin, and I got a big head, as you know, not quite as good as yours. <laughs> there you go. Well, you are right. About, well, not about the, my head size here, but I will <laughs> say when you when you look at the the buying activity that took place today, it seemed to me the good news was good news. The spark, though was because of the the wage decrease yeah. and but we saw unemployment town we saw jobs created we actually we the beat the with the estimate was 200,000 came in at 223 but the revision from last month was down and then the wage the month over month wage the thing about it is that that says to me that says that does nothing to justify a 700 point jump 2% jump plus, 2 plus percent in the S&P 500 the first yeah. weekly gain we've had in what four weeks i mean it doesn't it, it says to me that there's a whole lot of suckers that jumped in today and you're right it's probably a lot of short covering but there are a lot of suckers that said, okay, maybe now's the time to go long. And I think that that's what's so dangerous right now, Toby, because there's just nothing out there that's going to tell us that this market is going to keep going higher. And if anything, it's telling us it's going lower. And I think that's well, what we're going to see. Well, you, you know, the only rule that I, you, I really, we, we follow is, you know, when, you know, there's so many questions out there. Are we going to have a recession? How deep is that recession going to be? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, are, is the Fed going to raise interest rates? Yes, of course, blah, blah, blah. But I will go with Alan Blinder today in Wall Street Journal. And he talked about that, you know, we always do inflation and, and you know, and, and GDP growth year over year right? Not month over month. Okay. And in the last four months, on a month over month basis, the pieces of inflation have been coming down. And particularly, you know, today with service wages uh, coming down. And and that is, you know, that's not positive. It's just that the Fed, who uses this, you know, personal consumption expenditure, the PCE, they look at it year over year. Now, Blinder's trying to say is, you know, in, in this strange world we've been in for two years, maybe year over year is just not a good way to measure it because, you know, a year ago we were still raising rates. Excuse me, we were cutting rates. We were at zero. You know, a year ago, we, we a little less than 11 months ago, we started a war in Europe. Uh, two years yeah. ago, we were in the middle of a pandemic and we you know, blah, blah, blah. I can see how if you want to look at it month to month. That probably gives you a finer tune uh, look, and and but that's sort of grasping at straws, Todd. That's that the bigger bigger issue is maybe something like this. You know, automobile sales are down four months in a row, so prices have come down. You but remember the biggest components of either the the uh, the personal consumption expenditure, or just CPI, consumer price index. Number one is shelter, and that's right. about 31 to 32 percent. That is coming down on a month to month basis, not on a year over year basis. The second okay. biggest one is auto manufacturing. And auto manufacturing, we had the worst sales year in over 12 years last year. Remember, the automobiles is, is such a, or vehicles, I should say, is such a big part of the economy. It's about eight to nine percent because golly gee, all the parts that go into it. It, it you know, there's 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 two thousand vendors, right? So that makes sense. The home selling, just home sales hit an absolute record low, you know, th this month. Um, yeah. and home sales is, you know, what makes people go out and buy your refrigerators and new furniture and all that stuff. So right. and with, the, the, yeah. Yeah, the stuff, the products 
disinflation is very real. It's just that okay. products are only about 28% of the economy. The service economy is 72%. So there's much more important leverage in reducing inflation with those uh, wages coming down. Yet we still have 1.75 jobs available for every one person available. Also, we have a mismatch in skills. So I'll take any good news I can get. Uh, it doesn't change our position and our bias is for lower um, until we get data. And if the data would uh, you know, give us a reason to do it, we would uh, flip I, around. I'll tell you what, I'm skeptical here. I don't see the good news at all, actually, in this yeah. report. They, they, we saw more jobs that were created in leisure and hospitality, which is not a big surprise. We were kind of expecting that anyway. You had government jobs at only 1,000 with the increase. Construction jobs, 8,000, um, which signals to me, it's like, where is, it, where is the slowdown in housing? But overall, though, you don't have the high wage quality jobs. All I'm hearing about are layoffs and job cuts in the big tech companies, the bank, the, the big uh, bulge bracket banks are doing the same thing. So if you have people that are earning less, you got an earning season that's kicking off next week, you got a potential GDP uh, where we're a negative where we could be going into a recession. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's almost like a whole lot of, of pixie dust right now. I think, you know, <laughs> we're, we're in Disney World. I mean, we're, I just don't see where the, where the positive impact, if anything, I see this as a sucker's rally. That's what I saw today. The good news is good news BS. I'm not buying any of it because I really do think you're going to have so many people that get burned because they went in and got long today. Yeah, I mean, that's my it, assumption. Yeah, there's no question, Todd, that we're now getting into, I guess, what I'm calling the great compression, right? Yeah. The, the first stop is interest rate go higher, price earning ratios come down simply just because of math, all right? The earnings per share as we get slower come down. I mean, in a real recession, the, the, the bear market goes down another 18% on average. But my entire point during this entire debacle is there's nothing that's historically applicable here. We never yeah. had, I mean, for instance, we're, we're letting the mortgage uh, bonds sort of stay, you know, run off, right? But we, we added $9 trillion of cash money into the system, and now we're taking it out. Well, we don't, we, nobody has an idea what that does to the economy because no one's ever done that before. One could assume that somewhat tightens monetary conditions. I mean, that's that's fair, but... We need to go through the process, right? And in a bear market, particularly one that was you know, created by the Fed, created by a mania, uh, added with the pandemic, yada, yada, yada. The first thing is you do is you go out and you shoot and kill all the stupid stuff. And yeah. we've done a pretty good job on that. You know, SPACs are down 90%, you know, Zoom's down 90%, you know, all the beneficiaries that work from home, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So those have been taken out. Then the stupid IPOs. I mean, uh, forget, uh, different from the stupid SPAC IPOs, from the other stupid yeah. IPOs. They're down 80%. All these, you know, unicorns are now half-witted, no no ear, no unicorn. So that process is going, and that's healthy. That's that's healthy. Until we can get above these key support lines, uh, our, our number is sort of 3,600 on the downside on the S&P. If we break that, then we're in that 3,200 to 3,300. That's not going to ruin anybody's life, but we have to flesh out this. And now we get into this earnings season. Well, all of a sudden, when somebody misses on earnings, um, EPS goes down, boom, they get crushed. Uh, somebody on, you know, their forecast for the next quarter. So, you know, I would certainly yeah. want to get through that. And then let's not forget, Todd, that oil prices are down 40%, nat gas prices are down. So so at the pump, prices are down. People are feeling better if you put a lot of gas in your car every week, trust yeah. me. We have to get through this first quarter of earnings in, in the in the, in the the companies that count and get their guidance. And once we got through that, and, and for instance, if we heard, hey, things are hanging up, 
You know, our cost of capital has gone up, but we're not borrowing very much. Yeah, our sales are up because we raised prices. Our unit sales are not up uh, uh, in, in numerically, but the, the gross sales are up because we raised the price and then we were able to stick. We get some scenario there, but the yeah. Fed has to go to five to five and a half percent. There's no other choice. And when people just, you know, is it the pivot? Is it the pivot? It's like looking for the unicorn. Is that yeah. a unicorn or is it just a horse with a stupid thing on its on its forehead? <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you what. We're not there we're yet. Not there yet. You are right about that. And we will discuss that actually coming up after the break because I want to get your thoughts, Toby, on when that pivot may actually take place. Let's try to get some things out there because I have a few assumptions and guesses as well and just from talking to other people so let's talk about that coming up so thanks for sticking with us on bhs live we'll be right back right after the break buy hold sell live brought to you by transformity research A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Did you know that 82% of all internet traffic is video? At Bigwig Media, we believe that not only is video the present, it's the future. Are you looking to tell your story in a more dynamic and effective way? Bigwig is designed to be your production studio whenever you need it. Our team will give you a tour and a consultation to identify your needs and we'll make it easy for you. Bigwig works with trade associations, corporations, and nonprofit advocacy groups to provide broadcast quality content, media trainings, capture stakeholder fly ins, and hold live and virtual events. Everybody is a Bigwig at Bigwig Media. Let's tell your story. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one? Welcome back, everyone, to BHS Live. Today was just a magical day, ladies and gentlemen. We saw the Dow up over 2% of 700 points today. The feeling is right now, good news is good news, but it's probably going to be short-lived. Toby, I got to ask you right now, we have some big things coming up next week, though. You have the quarterly earnings season kicks off with the banks next Friday. But the big number that's out there is like a grenade. It's that CPI number that's coming out on Wednesday, all about inflation. I know you've been preaching here. Here on this podcast on buy, hold, sell, all about how the Fed does not really concentrate on that CPI number. But from a headline number, you know as well as I do, Main Street is focused on that. Should anybody be concerned with it at this point? Or should we just be thinking, okay, all systems go, markets are going north? 
Well, sort of like I said in the first segment, if you went month by month on the CPI, it is it is you know on a downslope, and that's and that's good news is good news because remember not to give anybody a headache, but if there's news that would indicate that the Fed doesn't have to continue to beat the crap out of the market, then the algorithms, all the all the traders, all the automated traders, they cover their shorts. When the stocks come up to that 4,100 level and they don't uh, get past it, then they short again, right? So, I mean, that's what you do in a, in a bear market. Right. If the CPI, I don't think it's going to surprise anyone because all of the ingredients we are already know, it's just that nobody, you know, the Fed only cares about the core. They take out food prices, they take out energy prices. So ironically, since they're taking out food prices and energy prices, which are actually down more than anything else, it's it's it, I, I you know our our index says that it's going to be pretty much benign. It's right in the middle. It's, it's it's like the not too cold, not too cold, not too hot. But it needs to come down lower so that then the Fed can say, okay, now we're done. Now we're going to wait until they have said until 2024 with these rate the rates at this elevated level. First they'll do it in February and then they'll do it in April. Then in April they'll be sort of done. If this core CPI, you know, surprises to the downside, then trust me, we're going to have another 700 point day in the Dow or in the S&P or the NASDAQ. Again, because, you know, there's this unique situation where so many money managers like us are heavily in cash. And we always used to say, well, the VIX, you know, the the risk uh, factor or the fear factor, that index has to get above 40 or hit 45 before, you know, we know we have a capitulation bottom. In other words, people have said, I can't take the pain any longer. It just sell yeah. my shit. I can't stand it, right? But because everybody's so much in cash, yeah. we're not. We're not. You know, that's our hedge. We don't need to go out and buy put options. And the VIX shows the difference between call options and put options. The price. So. I don't think we're going to see a big spike in the VIX, even if we get, you know, decent numbers. Um, So now it's like this whole new world where if the VIX doesn't tell us where there's a bottom, then you got to look at cash coming out of out of ETS. A big amount of cash is coming out November, December. But, you know, early indications is, is you're starting to get first of the year contributions. Well, if somebody puts $10 billion into an ETF that is the S&P 500, that has to buy $10 billion worth of stocks. And that yeah. happens early in the year. So there's a lot of cross currents and I'm giving you absolutely no solid answer whatsoever. I appreciate that. It's, it's okay. It's okay. But I, but the inflation number coming out on Wednesday, the the Wall Street consensus is looking, and this is on the headline number, is yeah. 6.6%. We were at 7.1% last month. So if we dropped a full half a percentage point, um, I would do think that that's going to be a real big sign for the bulls to just keep rolling. Yeah, but the the, the question is, is that because cars are cheaper, chairs are, all right. the products are cheaper? The fact yeah. that houses are cheaper, but people don't buy houses, you know, every other, every other month, right? Um, but, so you know, we, I, a very a very smart man once told me, and I think he's on this show right now, uh, is, that he, is that he did say that, you know, that shit doesn't move that fast. So <laughs> you have, you can't suspect that these numbers dropping in things like autos and housing is going to have a significant impact because it doesn't drop that fast. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work that way. It does take time because it's sticky. So I'm, I'm of the belief that even at 656, it's still not good enough, but no. that's just me. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But the trend yeah, I mean, does, you know, it is good. It's, um, you know, it's always a hackneyed phrase where you say, well, it depends on your horizon, right? If your horizon yeah. is 30 years, then go buy the ARKK funds. It's down 91%, right? <laughs> Because I guarantee you, it can only go down 9% more and it can't go to zero. 
that's when I'll buy it. I'll buy on margin yeah. when it goes to zero. Right, yeah. I'll, right, I'll borrow a million dollars to buy a one-cent ARK thing. Um, there you go. You know what, Toby? You know what we got to do for our listeners? Let's get yeah. back into this. Let's do some buy-hold sell action. Let's make some money today. You got to have a buy-hold sell. You've probably been talking to clients all day today. Hey. Give our listeners something that they can use. I'll, look at, I'll, I'll tell you a perfect example of the new growth at a reasonable price. Philip Morris. Oh. Philip Morris not only pays about a six and a half percent dividend, but we look for transformational events at the macro level, you know, at the micro level, and at the company level, right? And they have just acquired two, you know, uh, smokeless tobacco products that are all over the world. And people like my twin brother, who've only been chewing tobacco or having a dip for, I'd say, the last fifty years, <laughs> that finally this one is not going to make your teeth look like you just swallowed a dog turd, uh, which is usually how he looks after you know playing golf. So. You multiply that by 180 countries, they're looking at 12 to 13% growth. Their dividend has grown every year for about 35 years. Uh, evidently enough, people are not dying of smoking to really hurt them. And um, this is really a transformational event. So we, we bought Philip Morris, M-O. M-O, I love it. And I think that's the perfect, it's selling at a 9 PE price earnings ratio, which means that that's low. The average right now is, is more like uh, 17. It has a secular, meaning non-cyclical growth. If you're addicted to their drug, then you're addicted to their drug. And most people, you know, don't quit. And it's all around the world. So as the dollar comes down in value, uh, their earnings go up in value, right? So yeah. that to me is a win-win-win. Regardless of whether yeah. you believe in smoking or not, I mean, you know, you got to put your personal feelings around unless you're unless you're yeah. an ESG yeah. unless you're an ESG investor. Then I don't know what to do with you. Yeah, right, right. But I mean, at a dividend of over eight percent right now, I'd say that's damn good. So it's yeah, something you don't want to pass up on. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. you all have right, so give us. You can't say short target or go long Walmart. No, I'm going to tell you though. I'm going to say go long southwest airlines Ooh. i want to dip because of all the problems that they just had their their customer base is so loyal they're gonna people are gonna complain and yell and scream but southwest boy did they make good they were giving everybody what twenty five thousand miles a full refund uh on their on those tickets so you know they ruined the holidays but guess what they don't <laughs> care they're going to just go back and they're going to help their customers and those customers are going to say i love southwest because guess what the alternative is? You're going to go to American Airlines and pay what X amount of dollars to just store your your Nike bag, or you're going to go to <clears> or, or, or one hundred and fifty dollars for your golf bag, or yeah, yeah I'm with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, et cetera, you know, I, et cetera. Southwest is still going to be the winner, and with so many people right now, I know that we're talking about a recession, but when you have up days like today, there is that feeling of the wealth effect, and people are going to say, you know what, maybe we should book a trip and go down south and go to Florida. Or we're going to go visit Toby in Scottsdale, after, Arizona. After one day of 700 points, I'm going to yes. say, woohoo, I'm going to buy it. Come on, man. What are you smoking out there? People Scott? do that. People do that because they're going to see the headline news in the newspapers tomorrow. And this is what this is what drives Chairman Powell crazy, is that you're going to have the markets up. People are going to think that they're wealthier than they actually are. And that's when you start having more demand and therefore the inflationary impact. And now yeah, we're getting right. out. Now we're going down a, a rabbit hole here. All right. Do you have anything on the on the hold side? Uh, we have not been in the oil trade because our assumption was the oil price to come down. And I'm starting to get interested in the oil trade a lot here. We bought a little bit of Devon Energy, D-E-V-O-N, um, because they have the, just the lowest cost of pulling oil out of the ground and they're in the Permian Basin. So I'm, I'm, I'm biting at it, I think for a lot of reasons, really just starting with the fact that as 
as China comes, you know, comes back. I mean, they have a very interesting a new policy. I don't know how to say it in Chinese, but it is let chips fall where they may. So, you know, you, <laughs> it's like that guy on Blazing Saddles. You're on your own. They're going to have a billion people of COVID. Uh, they have the, the world's worst vaccines, which means they're going to unfortunately have tens of millions of deaths. But when you have 1.3 billion people, uh, you know, that economy is going to go and they'll go through this phase. And then, you know, people have had it. And they'll build up immunity and blah, blah, blah. They are the largest import of oil as they start to come back. We don't have any more supply coming out of the United States. We've sort of reached the peak. We're drilling, but all we're doing is replacing the fracked oil that, you know, we're, we're taking out of the ground. So we're, we're not adding any more volume right now. OPEC is flat. Russia obviously is all messed up. So I, I can make the case for, you know, 90 to $95 WTI oil, you know, the, the American version at the end of the year. So I'm fine to buy uh, Devon because they give me about 60% of their earnings in dividends. Their earnings okay. are going to be down now. But there is this sh- shocking concept, Todd, called buy low and then sell high. I, I and, heard about that. Yeah. And um, so that's one that I'm holding, Devon. Okay, I got to tell you my hold, and it's sticking with that same sector, Valero Energy right now. It's got a, a dividend of 3%, but this stock actually, uh, Investors Business Daily had a great write-up about it in today's paper. It's now saying that Valero is now outperforming 97% of all stocks in terms yep. of the most important fundamental and technical stock picking criteria. That is a direct quote out of IBD today. When I see something like that and I start thinking, this is a company that's solid, it's in a sector that I love with oil. And it still continues to make cash. It's a great cash flow organization. When I see that, if you already own it right now, stick with it because that's going to be your winner, obviously, for the, I think, for the yeah, rest I of mean, the quarter. Let's not forget that basically they're a refiner, not to actually correct you, but I will. And as a refiner, uh, because of the freezing temperatures and everything else we had through Texas, which is basically where all oil gets refined, they have like five different refineries other than Valero's that are closed down. So that's creating a, a you know a tighter market, which just gives some mm-hmm. uh, more cash flow and right as people you know as we as we start to open up they you know they will make more money per barrel oil right. prices are down which means the crack spread the difference between putting a dumping a barrel of oil into the top of the refinery and have it go out the back as diesel or gasoline they they've been very high they're not going to be that high for a long time but they're very very reasonable now and it sells for a you know a very small you know two three times its its earnings and its earnings are going to go up the question is if we do have an actual real recession in the United States that's the reverse you're going to have less driving you're going to have less jobs so on and so forth so they they are cyclical but I'm with you that between the dividend the recession light sort of uh, world we're in yeah I'd hold on them too okay there you go what's your sell the things that that really shot up for instance in the uh, we sold uh, mosaic today mosaic makes basically fertilizer uh, and they also mine potash which are two great things uh, that you have to use in farming now great sector so on and so forth but it was down to like 20 and it you know went up to like 60 and i don't know about you todd but here's what i like to do if i buy something at 20 and it's selling at 60 which is pretty much full value i like to take the profit yeah i like to write it back down to 20 it's just not how i roll (laughs) you're such a professional Oh, yeah, hundred percent. I love that. I got to tell you, my sell. It's going to be Macy's. You now we start getting the earnings uh, warnings, and Macy's came out after the bell today. Now this is a Dow 
that just popped 700 yeah. points. Macy's comes out after the close and says, hey, guys, our earnings aren't going to be that great because, you know, people just weren't shopping in our stores a lot during the holidays. Yeah, no shit. Of course, they're yeah. not doing that. And now Macy's is coming out with a huge warning and the stock is obviously selling off for the after hours right now. But this is a company that is truly anticipating. I mean, they're, they're literally, literally looking to cut their earnings per share number. It looks like by a good 10 to 15% right now. And if they're like any of these other retailers that come in with a second warning later on, because yeah. remember, retail earnings don't report for a few weeks. You have earnings season that kicks off, but we have to go through all the financials, then the tech companies, and then you start getting into those retailers, which is many weeks away. And so these retailers like to come out with their earnings warnings. And then all of a sudden, 10 days later, they have another one that comes out. I'm not saying Macy's is going to come out with a second one, but either way, those are the companies you want to stay away from. And I got to say, and we talked to Nicole Middendorf about this, when you start seeing the volume of shoppers drop and you start seeing people without shopping bags, that's a signal right there that the retailers yeah. are going to be struggling during the, during the quarterly yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, season. It's not a newsflash, but I can understand how people would say, hey, well, you know, people still have to shop, blah, 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 and they're down so much. But what they don't understand is Macy's already closed about 50 stores in the last 12 months. So yeah. there's no way they're going to have the same comps. There's no way they're going to have the same earnings per share because they didn't buy any stock back. So the same amount of stock with 40 to 45 closed stores, they're going to have less earnings. So that's that to me is that's such a simple short that I'm going to short it and I'll be completely wrong. Somehow they're going to get bought out tomorrow by Nordstrom. <laughs> <or something. laughs> One word on Luther. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, that's great. Toby, any final thoughts for the listeners today? We've had quite a week. It's only been a four-day week, and next week's just going to be a barn burner. We have so many exciting shows coming up with uh, with our old friend Scott Blyer and then Mitch Rochelle uh, is going to be joining us. But what do you think? I mean, any final thoughts for because well, traders and investors? Yeah, they mean, really want to know. What do we yeah, do? If you followed us for the year, you know, we've been very conservative, a lot of cash, took huge amount of profits. So we're sitting on a lot of cash. What you don't want to do is like on the reverse. You you didn't sell anything. Uh, your portfolio is down 30% and you just, you know, want to just throw it all in. When you want to throw it all in, about 10 million other people do at the same time. And, and that's when stock markets bottom. So if you've gone through all this pain and now you're suddenly going to decide, you know, I'm going to go to cash. It's too late, brother sister i mean you're you got to hang with it here and it's certainly uh, if you did tax harvesting into this year on your taxable accounts you'll have some cash there's no reason you know to rush now we're, we'll have you know the fed's going to ring the bell when the fed rings the bell and says we're done at five and a quarter five to five and a quarter then there's going to be great opportunities to buy particularly financial services stocks that go up in value as interest rates start to come down. Great. But it's too late to sell and it's too early to buy in most cases. So you got to put the past the last 12 months out of your head and look forward and look forward to just like we did in April of 2020 after the big crash, you know, buying energy stocks that was ridiculous. If the recession gets bigger or the analysis of the recession is going to get bigger, then energy stocks are going to come down, yet huge dividends. So I guess all I want to add is uh, both Brazil and Ecuador have had all sorts of political issues over the last nine months, and they both now have new presidents and they both have nationalized energy companies. So not just looking inside the United States, we we bought a company called Equipel, Equiprel, excuse me, easy for me to say. EC is a ticker symbol. They are the national uh, energy company of Ecuador. Ecuador owns like 88%. It's the same thing. They came down 50% because everybody thought the president was going 
going to like just like Lulu in Brazil is going to get rid of oil and we're going to build you know green and all that. Well, forty five percent of their actual government revenue comes from this company. So sorry, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, they're paying about a twenty one percent dividend in dollars, uh, and they just bought them. They you know, it used to be an eighteen dollars stock is down at ten dollars now, which values it at basically one times earnings. So my other thing is it's just not the United States. There's opportunities outside the United States where you get serious dividends and PBRA, Petrobras is the other one. Um, I would nibble at those right now because irrespective okay. of oil prices, the dividends that are locked, um, they're, they have the lowest cost oil, both Ecuador and Brazil has of any place in the world, and they sell to Europe the, at the Brent prices. So it's higher than WTI. Blah, blah, blah. Um, just don't think United States only, uh, because there really are now some amazing bargains. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's some great advice, definitely, for the listeners. All right, Toby, let's wrap it up right there. Let's go and enjoy our weekend. We have so much to look forward to. And next week, it's just going to be a big week for us, the first full week of the well, year. Well, it's so going to be tough wait. for me, Todd, because I'm on the dry January thing. So, you know. That's true. All, all I have is gummies to live on. That's a you got to you got to get back to the weightlifting and working out thing. Oh, I do I, I do that. Trust me. There you go. Absolutely. All right, Toby. Well, listen. Have a great weekend. So, on behalf of Tobin Smith, I'm Todd Schoenberger. We'd like to thank everybody for joining us today for BHS Live. Can't wait for next week and have a great Woo-hoo! weekend. Go Ravens. Take care. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.